0: Pod Boys Productions. Our relevant podcast it's your boy pod drew over here and my boy eric i call him e-nom for convoluted reasons sometimes he calls himself young peach uh grabber i don't uh, i was trying i was trying to pull in a uh, call me by your name thing by the way i mean we haven't well maybe we'll get into it but what, what's going on eric
1: uh, nothing. You you know me. It's your boy, young Kuva uh, Gooding Jr. Because I'm in a real snow dog situation. Uh, I was having a cigarette on the stoop earlier during a snowstorm, and a dog that wouldn't go out onto the cold sidewalk. Uh, nearly peed on my foot. So that's that's how I'm living today. If you just find see. me a bit melancholy, that's just thinking about my life in that context.
0: He um the dog almost did. So you were able to avoid the, the stream.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're, we're fine. I don't. I don't think I caught any splash, but it was. It was a harrowing couple of seconds. Okay,
0: you avoided that stream, and now on to the movies. Talking live stream, perfect. It's. I haven't seen Snow Dogs. I will confess. So, I don't, is that something that happens to Akuba in that one?
1: Um. Yes. Let's say. Okay. Is that's a movie? That. That's a movie where he's like.
0: I remember the previews for it back in. The He's doing like the yeah, Iditarod or some shit like that.
1: Yes, I think. Yeah, with like a a really really uh, slapdash uh, that's that's a, uh, a really poorly organized team of dogs. That's a slapdash, if you will. Yeah, well.
0: yeah. So not to be confused with when he was a mentally challenged uh, football uh, coach's assistant or whatever that that one was.
1: Oh, radio, yeah. yeah. I don't watch a lot of feel-good movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, you don't. Well, we could talk about one that's not feel-good at all. Uh, in a second, I know we both watched it recently. We'll, d- we'll do a little catch-up on what we've been watching. I'll just set a, uh, set the expectation for the episode today, though. We're going to be talking primarily about two films. Kind of the format change I enacted last time was doing one, um, or like the format we're doing going forward, one a new movie that's come out recently probably going to be something that's streaming recently in this day and age, you know. Um, and then pairing it with one older film. So, if you want to go back, uh, right now it's not available to stream. Uh, it will be again soon, somewhere, but uh, uh, the visual of it, but the audio is um, found on Brooklyn Rebound Network right now uh, where from last month where we talked Promising Young Woman and we paired that one with the Hitchcock classic Notorious, and today we're talking Nomadland, which should be streaming in a couple days. It's available now, we watch it, but um, it will be streaming on Hulu, I believe, in a couple of days for everyone that has that. And I chose to pair that one with Walkabout, the Nicholas Rogue film from 1971, uh, which I'm a fan of, and I made Eric here watch it for the first time, and it will. I think those two films go together pretty pretty well, uh, so, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a, in just a few, let's, uh, yeah, let's see what, uh, oh, I was going to say, yeah, before I talk about what we're talking about, with uh, the Peach thing I was throwing in, you know, you always love to uh, to talk, uh, call me by your name, we've talked about it together many times in the past, but maybe new developments now that, uh, now with this whole Army Hammer situation.
1: Uh, I didn't hear about... Oh, God, I did. Oh, no.
0: I think people were pointing out to one scene in that where he's kind of uh, chewing on... Uh, on I'm waiting for this car to pass. Uh, where he's, uh, I think, chewing or nibbling on young Chalamet's foot, I believe, uh, people are posting I think, that. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you think that's where it started? Do you think that's where,
0: you know... Uh, I'm, not gonna blame, uh, I'm not going to blame... I'm um, not going to blame... Your boy on this one. Why am I blanking? Uh, Guadagnino on this one. Uh, I think. Uh, who know I mean, I think it's. He's probably already been into uh, into it before twenty sixteen or whatever. Do you know?
1: Do you know how we all found out about that? Because I don't.
0: Mm, I th- think his ex wife brought it up or something like that, or someone he was trying to date, and the ex wife confirmed that he was weird. Yeah, okay something like, something like that i haven't looked into it as much myself as maybe i should because I mean, it's kind of a weird interesting story i just know a lot of people are, have been mentioning it recently although that may have died down even this might have been a more relevant uh to bring up three weeks ago or something
1: yeah i mean I any news that i find unpleasant i just forget that's where I, that's how i'm living my life these days
0: okay uh what was the man's character and call me by your name again do you remember
1: brian i don't know i don't think his character's name was brian sorry i don't even know um, it was
0: something generic probably well, i can
1: i have a computer in front of me why don't i find out that out for you while you do your next thing
0: sure and that'll be very interesting for everyone i'm sure uh <laughs> <laughs> what no, you, you move on i'm
1: figuring is. this out
0: <laughs> i know. not uh, so i set up a good expectation i set up a <laughs> That's a pointless question. That we always his name it Oliver. Oliver, yeah, that sounds right. Did you look it up or you just remember it? No,
1: I just look it up. I don't, I don't fucking know what his name was. I saw that movie one time. It changed what, the light.
0: You said I think. Oh, you only did see it one time. See, I always thought you you've seen it a couple times because you
1: you. Were, no, remember. I I think the only Guadagnino film I've seen multiple times is Bigger Splash,
0: mm, which I've seen half of because I i'm gonna turn it off uh, i really like it um does he i know he had a short film that was out in the past year i think i saw that that was you know, do the, this again? the movie streaming service but uh he hasn't had any other ones since we we uh, we talked about um Suspiria on our podcast before I, was that his last feature film i guess maybe
1: um yes He's had some shorts and documentaries, and he directed, I guess, every episode of We Are Who We Are, which aired on HBO last year.
0: We Are Who We Are. Have you brought that up before? It sounds familiar to me. Uh,
1: was, no, like, I didn't watch it. Is it a, I didn't, a horror
0: uh, book or something? I guess we should. Uh, I may, I might be confusing it with another. I remember one time we were talking about some – there was some uh, movie I'd come across on Netflix or something, didn't watch, but just saw the title a bunch of times. And then you were saying, why isn't there a movie of this classic horror book? And I was like, oh, wait, I think there is, because uh, I've been scrolling past it. I thought it was maybe that, but I guess not, because it was a movie, not a TV show series. Mm. It was something sounding like that. All right, let's... let's we'll check uh, the archives, it's fine. Yeah. No, Do you want uh, to check uh, the archives was... right now? Do you think that yeah, would be yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, check ready? that while I set this okay. up. No, no. Uh, again, I, I got to stop bringing up pointless uh, things that were, are interesting to no one. Uh, so let's talk about a film that... Again, uh, I I forget how I was gonna segue into it a couple minutes ago when you said something. Oh, you like to avoid things that are unpleasant or something like that, or not think about them. But the, a film we both watched recently was Possessor, and that was pretty unpleasant. I mean, it's, I liked it, but it was not a. Uh, there's a lot it was of unpleasant, unpleasant in it. Uh, Sean Bean. Uh, they do. I guess we won't, I won't spoil necessarily, but they do a little. Uh, is well, a, a scene that's very hard to watch but uh they do a little twist on his normal thing or a little uh what, what's the word i'm looking for mister not misdirection but of course this i guess there's no way to explain it without spoiling yeah, it doesn't matter so like he it looks he gets the shit absolutely beat out of him badly it looks like he should definitely die but then the character is not dead apparently when the whole thing is like everyone always talks about and there's youtube compilations of, like, Sean Bean dies in every movie, you know. So, uh, I think... I forgot that he
1: lived through
0: that. Yeah, they did say that he ended up living uh, somehow, so... Which we have spoiled now. (laughs) Yeah, well, full spoilers. I guess his eye pops out, or uh, things like that. But uh, I guess it doesn't really... If you haven't seen it, it's not necessarily going to... I mean, this is a movie where hearing some different elements like that wouldn't necessarily spoil it, I guess, but um but well you told me that you you really uh, liked this one right uh
1: yeah i was mesmerized um both by the like disturbing just dis- disturbing disgusting violence uh that i was watching um and also like it's just great
0: yeah i i liked it like i said i don't i wasn't blown away by it i don't know if i would say it. i thought it was great uh, I it, it, should it's say, uh, it's David Cronenberg's son that directed it. Brandon, I believe Cronenberg is his name. That and sounds right. I had said this to you when we first talked about it off pod, but it, it reminded me of a Cronenberg, like his father, Cronenberg film mixed with like a Black Mirror episode, or like a David Cronenberg version of like a Black Mirror episode, obviously. And that's,
1: the that's kind family. of exactly what it was, right? Yeah. But... In, instead of being like a Black Mirror episode of like, oi, mate, your phone controls your brain, in it, um, it goes to this really interesting place where it has something it has something like less facile to say about not so much the technology that controls our lives, but like what our like devotion to work does to us, um, and then all the violence along the way is. Uh, hard to stomach um but you know
0: yeah cause i guess the main character is um works for this company where she like whatever technology she literally like is able to get in- impersonate people like by getting literally into their i guess not impersonate. she's literally like taking over their bodies essentially so she's in a room with like your classic plugged in situation which is like in the people's body um controlling them and then the conflict I guess occurs when the one other, the person she's taking over for the main mission of the, her main mission of the movie is uh, starts having his own thoughts still or starts not being completely taken over um, and then you're like oh is it cause of, Is maybe partly cause of him but also cause of her is she not like is she not wanting to do this so that's part of it is that, is that something you thought of? Or...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely... Because
0: um... she has, like, a family, too, that she that the, her bosses are kind of getting trying to get her to avoid or, like, abandon, basically, right?
1: Well, right, and this is a movie that takes its central metaphor, which is that our relationship to work and technology and our technology's relationship to our work is going to tear you and your family apart. Um, and then it drives that metaphor off a cliff into a forest that is also on fire, and um, but yeah like her fraying relationship with like her own like self like herself outside of her work um like i like i do think the point was that like that relationship was to blame for her inability to control uh christopher rabbit's character's consciousness
0: yeah christopher rabbit's that like the actor for that character i'd seen him in a couple of things recently he's, he's impressing me lately Um he's good good actor yeah Black Bear was the other film I saw in recently. One of the other, I can't remember. There's other ones in that too. But uh, that uh, did you get a chance to watch that one yet?
1: Uh, I haven't seen Black Bear. It's on my list. Yeah,
0: it's hard to describe. I won't say much about it here now. But um, yeah, I'd recommend that one too. It's a little more. That one's like um, I'm trying to think how to describe. It. It's it's the movie. I'll say this much of it. Uh, it it has two something happens midway through that one that completely turns everything on its head and you're like wait what what's going on now it's like one of those type of movies
1: a twist
0: same characters same three main characters which is aubrey plaza Christopher abbott and um a third person who's i don't remember who the actor was but they um her name but they have certain roles for half the movie and then it's completely different for the second half essentially but just uh watch it from there if you want but yeah i recommend that one to you. yeah possessor though uh i i would definitely watch another brandon cronenberg joint from this i don't know if this is his first feature film it might i believe it might be or he might have had some other smaller budget ones maybe it might but be he definitely his, has his father's flair of uh for you know i could you could tell obviously the influence there body horror and uh and uh, you know mise en scene and all of that um yeah do you have anything else you want to talk uh, say about? It? Uh,
1: no. We can move on from it. Um, just uh, just a strong recommend.
0: Yeah. Anything else you've been watching uh, recently before we get into the main topic? Um. Check the list. Yeah, I'll say. You
1: night of the Living Dead. That's that was a fun yeah. night.
0: The original Night of the Living Dead you're talking about, George Romero. Yeah. 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 Which, by the way, we could play that right now over Twitch if we want. I think, cause that is in the public domain.
1: Oh, congrats to Night of the Living Dead.
0: Non-congrats to George Romero, RIP, because he uh, fucked that up, obviously, or whoever, like, whoever owned it uh, messed up letting that happen. Mm -hmm. He's a state. um, Yeah. You know what my relative is in, who's also RIP now, is in that film?
1: Uh, It's one of the zombies?
0: No, he's the reporter um, that you see a little bit. Oh, okay, cool. His name is Bill Cardiel. I think he died maybe four or five years ago. He's my dad's uncle, so he's like my great uncle. Um, he was kind of like a local Pittsburgh personality, TV personality. So, And George Romero's from Pittsburgh. And then his daughter, who is my cousin, I guess, who I haven't, I've only met like once maybe, but she's the main character in Day of the Dead, which is the third one in that series.
1: Oh, yeah i, don't I seen that. I love that one where they're like trying to like train the zombies to like yeah, yeah, that's menial tasks around the base or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's that one. So she's the main actress in that. Um, oh, that's cool. I don't think she's done too much else, but maybe a couple of things. But that's definitely her biggest role. But yeah, Bill Cardiel, his name was like he had a um basically like uh, one of those shows, I guess, in the 60s on lo- uh, like local channels like uh, where they showed horror and he did like the interstitial parts, you know, like what whatever, like, uh, I guess Elvira or whoever those people like that, like one of those type of shows. Um, this is
1: the second time in, in two broadcasts that we've talked about that kind of, uh, television personality <laughs> or maybe the second time in three. Yeah. What was you said, about, uh, you said something about like the, this exact situation, this exact kind of,
0: uh, but I like, didn't TV mention my reality.
1: No, no, you didn't name drop Oh,
0: yeah, what was called like Chili, Chili Billy cardio. That was like his like name is like uh, talk show name for that. But I guess that's why they put him in. Romero put him in. Um, uh, of, or, uh, with the Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So he used to yeah. do like boxing cool. matches too. I think he announced those or something, which might have been national. I think. Anyway, RIP, my great uncle. Uh, Poor but I also only met maybe a couple times in my life. But anyway uh yeah so how, it holds up pretty good i guess you thought
1: yeah yeah um i liked it uh it's first time I mean, you'd seen it no
0: okay
1: no not at all um well, just
0: the way you just said i liked it it's um, that's what i was confused i mean like
1: every four years if you check back in on a movie like it may be like a completely different experience um yeah the thing with a like lead actress is just like constantly in shock and has like is completely useless and has to get like slapped awake uh i mean it doesn't like rule it's not like a fun thing no, uh, i
0: guess it's probably realistic <laughs> i don't know it, it, someone made a uh, now i'm trying to remember what uh maybe another podcast i was listening to or something was uh talking about a different movie with a similar type of character i remember they're making a direct comparison to the one you're talking about in the living dead now i'm trying to remember what it was interesting well, that's something else I brought up that's not going to get get any resolution, but yeah, well, that, of course, the ma- the thing that people always talk about in that one, too, is they have a a black lead actor for 1968, I think it was. It was very, fairly revolutionary, like, especially because it had nothing to do with their race or anything like that. And I right, think Romero right. said he just cast the best actor that tried out for the role or whatever. And oh, it wasn't, good on him. It wasn't intentional, According to him, but who knows? Because I think it actually does work on that level anyway, though. Uh, like, there is some things you can draw from it.
1: Um, yeah, that character is like the only competent and level headed one. Um, he, he doesn't die first, though, which you would think horror movie. All right, we can bundle no, well, that. That's like
0: the whole thing. Yeah, he is like the main. Actually, just the main. Yeah, but he died. Uh, he gets killed at the end when he's, because they think he's a zombie, or one of the zombies, right? Isn't that how it ends? Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, so. Not a uh, happy ending there, but uh, uh, so that ties it in well with, with Possessor, certainly. Um, yeah. Well, so for something lighter, I watched yesterday. Actually, I caught up with the latest Nick Cage vehicle. Oh, uh, god. Okay. The latest uh, Nick Cage pays his taxes for his, uh, 19 uh, Islands he owns or whatever. Um, it was it was pretty entertaining though. It's called Willie's Wonderland. And it was like a, uh, it's one of these, I think there was another film with a, a similar plot in the past couple of years, which I didn't see, I heard was bad, but it's like the uh, Chuck E. Cheese, um, you know, animatronic uh, creature, not creatures, what, the animatronics uh, yeah. are really alive or really evil or whatever, that sort of thing. So
1: did you uh, like that?
0: I did. It's like a, it's, it's definitely a, a good movie to watch, uh, watch with a couple, you know, it's one of people, I mean, people aren't supposed to be hanging out with their friends right now, but, you know, it's like a drink some beers, hang out, uh, Saturday night type of film, you know, even though I watched yeah, it sure. by myself on it, I guess would have been a Wednesday night. But anyway, like also the the one thing about it is Nick Cage does not speak in the entire film. So it gives a completely mute performance. Oh, he just kind of scream or make noise. Okay. He doesn't speak Yeah, No dialogue.
1: All right. Okay.
0: And, uh, yeah, his, it, it, it's a good, you know, that's the main reason to watch the film for a entertaining cage performance, basically. Uh, I do you like that.
1: Two words. Yeah, yeah. Or three words. Entertaining cage performance.
0: He also, uh, he also has like a, part of his character is he has like a bunch of these like soda cans like there's some kind of punch soda that's just a made up thing but like he has like a timer and he drinks every hour i think it is like his timer goes off on his phone and he drinks he drinks one of the sodas it's okay just, like, no matter Definitely what's going on like if people are if he's like fighting in the middle of fighting or something with the the, the machines or whatever uh so yeah
1: are there bees in this movie
0: there's no bees all so, right and again no move. dialogue so he's not he's not saying like no the the machines the... but uh yeah so you don't get the, that situation but still some good cage stuff yeah but yeah let's, uh, let's talk about something a little uh a little uh i guess just slightly uh more weighty than uh willie's wonderland starring nick cage <laughs> Which is the topic? What
1: could be more weighty?
0: Uh, no. Well, I heard he has another movie coming out that. Uh, by by a Sian Sono, who's like a who's like a crazy Japanese director, where apparently in this one, he, he someone put it's like almost a Crank style situation or something, but where like someone, but instead of whatever happens in Crank, it's someone puts something on his, balls and they're gonna explode unless he like does some crazy stuff or whatever so we have that to look forward to in t- 2021 i think later this year but
1: so i can't like i don't to know what to do with that information like i don't know what anyone wants me to do with that information why is that a movie why is nicholas cage a person i have really just those two questions uh
0: what if cage started nomad land uh, nomad uh, rather than uh I would have
1: refused to watch it because he would have been terrible. What Uh, a what a disaster compared to his cousin,
0: Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Well, Sophia. Oh, Sophia Coppola.
1: Yeah, just just had a, a very good career directing like really like really good, interesting movies. And Nicolas Cage is out here like wasting all his money on having Scottish castles delivered to him in America like he's fucking yeah. well, the villain the 1993's business. Gargoyles.
0: It doesn't mean, uh, <laughs> mean he doesn't have some good movies to play when he's talking uh, I don't story. know. That, that
1: man is a joke to me. I don't... We can move on. I'm sorry. Okay.
0: Well, anyway, I know there's people out there that, that are uh, that are into, into what he, he has to offer. But yeah, let's talk Nomadland and with it walkabout which i paired and i didn't uh, i hadn't seen nomadland yet i just knew the general synopsis of it when i decided to pair it with walkabout here but i think it, it turned out even closer more similarities than i than i would have thought even i think um but yeah let's before i get into the similarities let's just dive into the the topical one the new film it is like i said i think it'll be available for everyone to watch on hulu like next week i think and uh, it stars Frances McDormand, who apparently I looked into it a little bit. It was like her idea to. It was based on a book. Mm-hmm. It was her. I she the director is Chloe Zhao. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce the name. But I think it's Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Zhao. Um. And she, McDormand, I guess, like kind of like talked her into doing this film and writing, directing it, whatever. But, uh, so she plays a uh it's i think it takes place in 2011 or something like that around then when there's a bad recession um she had worked with her husband who had just recently died in a town in nevada that the industry there closed down and the entire town just became a ghost town or like you it's like a real thing obviously you can look it up um where no literally it's no one lives there now it went from like a couple of maybe 10,000 people or something all working for this company or this industry. And then when that shut down, it's down to zero people. Like it's not even a thing anymore. Um, and then she goes around, uh, she learns about this kind of nomad lifestyle. She's already living in her van at the beginning of the film, but then she meets another person working at, uh, an Amazon factory and who tells her to go meet her at this other place where a guy named Bob Wells, who's a real person. Also, uh, who does this who teaches about this nomad lifestyle learns about it and that's the movie from there is her basically traveling around the country a little bit uh, I'm not exactly sure that I couldn't exactly tell the scope of how far she's going but um, around the country but you know just working I mean, up, from
1: Arizona like, to the badlands to the coast so she gets she her in the
0: coast okay i don't remember necessarily that part um okay yeah but not really that important i guess so so yeah it's a movie where uh both these films we're going to talk about is not they're not plot heavy certainly it's more about the the journey is the destination uh kind of kind of literally and um also this had like the people for the most part all seem like real people and i think mostly were essentially playing themselves or versions of themselves uh except for her obviously mcdormand and uh david strathairn who's in it who, who is the one element where i was kind of like that was the one element that kind of broke my delusion a little bit of that they're all real people because as soon as he showed up i was like oh that's an actor i recognize well you know she mcdormand is pretty um chameleon in it i would say she kind of gives like a yeah uh, no. i would say she like, remember when we talked about the Florida Project a few years ago, and we were talking about Willem Defoe gives, like, a anti-Defoe performance, almost, or, like, he goes very against type in that. I was getting sure. a little bit of the same vibe here with her, where she's pretty against type of the type of character she normally plays. Attitude-wise. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, well, there's, yeah, for sure.
0: A very subdued kind of real performance, like, if you compare it to, like, three billboards or whatever one of the that's more of a typical you know take on the system yeah give speeches you know
1: right and she doesn't give any speeches like no, any no. that many big speeches um and, and none of them are like direct to camera or whatever um which you know is a pet peeve of mine it's a lot of like inward work um like okay. like very quiet performance um I mean, it takes up the whole screen and the whole movie. Um, but it's just like, it, it is super impressive from her. And she's obviously like one of our great actors.
0: Um, oh yeah, so. By the way, I'm putting up a, if it works here, I got to put up this screenshot of McDormand. I think you won't be able to see this, Eric, but yeah, I've got it up on the screen now. Her, I think it's from the first, uh, toward the beginning begin with the Wells guy. Uh, listening to him talk. Actually, I'll throw up. I have a picture of him too. That's him right there. So, like I said, he's a real person, and like, uh, I think most of the people, like I said, are real people that are from this lifestyle, right?
1: That's that interesting. Sense
0: you got anyway, right? Uh, like, I kind of thought, I think necessarily is actors, were actors, but
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, they seemed like, and so, like the whole thing has kind of like I don't want to misuse the term, but verite, like like vibe it's like this could be happening like this could be a documentary but for one of our like best and most like famous actors is like being in the center of it
0: and like i said Strathern took me out of it a little bit uh he's a good actor but he's a little that's a little too much of a silver fox for this you know but whatever is Um, that
1: the is that the like love interest
0: yeah the kind of not love interest because like that's what i did like that was interesting or i did like so there's nothing really to spoil on this film i gotta say really so but do you disagree
1: um i mean there's small stuff yeah Yeah. i mean there's there's one thing at the end
0: okay but i was gonna say she there's a couple scenes with her like it seems like they're setting up him to be a love interest and he is like into her clearly um but he uh, she doesn't like go with it or she's like it seems like she wants to maybe at some parts but she doesn't she's still like devoted kind of to her dead husband kind of I think or well what's your, what your was your read on that was she afraid to move on is that part of it or
1: well um, well yeah I mean that's the whole that that it ends up being revealed as the point of the whole movie um, but, but yeah he's 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 very like, from a respectful distance, like, very interested in her. And, like, they, they keep coming into contact, and they have this, like, cute thing going on. But, like, yeah. the cuteness is par- be- partly because she is just completely avoiding him. Um, which, Like, she, she's very upfront about not being interested.
0: Yeah. And it, um, it goes past that, too, though. I mean, they do become good friends and stuff, obviously. And, like, she's not, like, avoiding she, avo- she starts avoiding it whenever it seems going a little more in that direction of, like, romantic, basically. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah. So right now I have on the screen a different screenshot, which is the, one of the Amazon workers from the beginning showing their uh, tattoo. That's like a, the yeah. lyrics, I think. Yeah. So that was kind of the thesis laid out from the movie at the start, which was, uh, home isn't just a word, it's something that you carry with you. Um, so, you know, uh. Obvious to a degree. I mean, both the, both the films, this and Walkabout, both have very obvious kind of points, I guess, um, that are laid out. Uh, another thing they say in this a, a couple of times, especially toward the end, is like, and the Bob Wells guy's talking about it, like, see you down the road, that's what you're supposed to say, right? See you, uh, I think that was, right, of, right. You don't say goodbye, say see you down the road. That's part of the nomad culture, I guess. Or
1: right. Like, or whatever. Like, Somehow, like living that uh the semi-transient lifestyle, um you you get to butt up against some kind of metaphor about the impermanence of things, and and that's that's a fun, good place for a movie to be.
0: Yeah. So I mean, this. Uh, well, how, how? What was your? What did you say? Did you really like this a lot, or liked it okay, or um,
1: what you on this? I was a little bored for a lot of the time, uh, and then looking back near the end of the movie like I did really enjoy my time with that Frances McDormand character um, with all the other people that we uh, met I kept waiting for something to happen and this movie does a really good job of like letting you get your own hackles up because it shows you like the like it shows you Frances McDormand working in an Amazon uh, warehouse but it doesn't show her asking for a bathroom break and being told that that's going to be $8 out of her paycheck Um, it, it tells you the story of the town that she left just like Going away and no one having any any parachute out of that. Um, uh, but 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 we're sure that the company probably the people who owned the company probably made made money uh, during its collapse. Um, but it it's not a story about that. It's a story about Prince McDormand and and. Uh, and her don't character. worry,
0: by the way, you know, just because you don't see her asking for that bathroom break, you do see her using the <laughs> bathroom yeah. at least once, if not maybe a couple of times. So don't worry about that. Um, yeah, what's sorry? Go ahead.
1: Uh. Yeah, it's just like it, it. takes so long, like walking you through like really like mundane bits of her lifestyle. That like it, you get to a point where you think, okay, this is a movie about that lifestyle, and then of course, it's it's a movie by one like by by a great young director. It's not just going to be a movie about a lady who lives in a van. It's a movie about like what is she running from? Um,
0: I'd yeah.
1: I, I just say that the payoff is, like, yeah, it's, it's like a great movie. It's worth watching. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you did it I'd say it is worth watching, definitely. I wouldn't say I loved it, but uh, I don't know if I would watch it again, at least not anytime soon, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, the visuals are good. And um, it, it, it does kind of that, not like's not the right word, but kind of l- lulls you into, like, a slow pace, you know, going from place to place, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, back to the Amazon thing real quick, though. I wasn't exactly sure what the movie was saying about that because it did seem like, I mean, this was like 10 years ago that's taking place. I assume Amazon warehouses were s- still pretty bad back then, probably, but it didn't seem like the character or the characters we saw found it to be a bad place to work or whatever. They seemed no,
1: no, no, no. And she, she goes out of her way to say, like, the money's so good, like, I can't pass it up. And of course, the money's good relative to her situation. Um, exactly yeah um,
0: yeah so it's a thing where these people have jobs so like she does that for a while then her and Stratharin are working at like a donut or like a yeah. It's a, uh they i see them with donuts but then it's like more of a rest stop restaurant thing i guess for a while yeah it's
1: one um, of those like 66 highway attractions i think um yeah
0: there's like a dinosaur thing yeah um well yeah like i said a kind of a, a guns type performance or like very subdued I but still very good. Like she's just a very watchable, actor. Obviously. She's still so good, man. I assume she'll get nominated again for best actress or so whatever for this. Um, yeah, but hyper hyper realistic everything like that. Um. Uh, okay, so, oh yeah, one thing I was gonna say. Well, I wrote a couple of notes down here. Oh yeah, like there the are real people, Linda May and Swanky, are two of the main characters, and they were in the credits like as as that, so they definitely were themselves. Oh shit. The swanky uh is literally like S W A N K I E. That's like her name, just the one name like and the credits and the character name. She
1: was uh she was a she was a pistol. Although that's swanky.
0: Yeah, she's good. Um oh yeah, one acting note I made about um McDormand though. I I'm very good at the one part where she's holding a baby that's Sh- shit there's uh, yeah. I guess a very good, uncomfortable holding a baby acting. I wrote down.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was cute. That was that was that was well done.
0: Which I presume mcdormand has kids and holds babies all. The, used to at least hold babies all the time. So good acting.
1: Not. Yeah, and I know it works for the movie, but like, she does this withholding thing where, like, first of all, it's great that she doesn't just give us a speech forty-five minutes into the movie about why I live in the van. Um, eventually, like eventually it is her character that reveals that information. But, um, like she, she does this thing where I guess the word I'm just looking for is subtlety. Like she, she's she's acting very subtly. Um, and like, I, you know that I hate having things explained directly into the camera. Um, so I really appreciated that.
0: Is that a shot at walkabout that you're going to be getting into? Uh,
1: no, not exactly. Um, okay.
0: Um, yeah, okay, I didn't agree, but I do want to start getting into some of the similarities. By the way, because it'll lead me into you. So one thing is, uh so David Sutphen, who I've mentioned like ten times now, maybe maybe the thing about him being too noticeable isn't like you didn't even seem to know who he like you haven't seen a bunch of his movies, maybe or something. I'm not sure I've seen any of his yeah, movies. So no. a, yeah, well, he was also in the show called The Expanse that I watched. Uh, he was a character on that for a couple of seasons. So, I was um, anything with that nerd shit, from yeah. From that recently, uh. That, uh, that I was standing up, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. But anyway, um, oh. his his uh his son in the movie, I believe I also saw in the credits had his last name, so I think that is his real son also. Oh, and it did that's look like him. Cool. Uh, oh, you
1: in L.A. Confidential?
0: Darren yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of the main characters in that. You've definitely seen him in other movies, but he looks he looks a little different now than then like like I said, calling him a silver fox or whatever. He's got that s- style going on now. But yeah, I think his real, unless it's like his nephew or something, which I don't. I, I assume it's his real uh, son, and then that, that ties into Walkabout, where the the main child in that, the boy, is the son of the director in that film, Nicholas Roeg. Uh, so that's one. Oh, really? Similarity I found, yeah, and he does a good performance, I think.
1: I, <laughs> uh, it's tough for me.
0: You aren't like you aren't feeling the, uh, the kid in this one.
1: My problem is that I set the bar for a child actor at the same place that I would set it for a normal actor, and that's not fair to yeah. a child actor, but it does mean that child actors are often noticeably the worst thing about a movie for me.
0: Yeah. Well, so I I think that I don't think he even is I don't think he was an actor. I think his father just put him in it, like for this. Uh, for walkabout. I'm not sure, I should look into it maybe, but I don't think he like that's why he was in it, not because he was like a child actor they hired. Uh, and I thought, like I said, I thought he was good. Like, um, so it's he, he
1: was fine. He, he like there was nothing wrong with his performance. It's just like I don't know.
0: was a little British boy. Um, so yeah, to get into that, that's from 1971. It is about a brother and sister. The boys, the brother, obviously, they we're talking about who's probably what uh 6 or so would you say and then
1: 6 to 8 yeah
0: yeah and then his sister who's maybe 14ish i would say um they get <laughs> stranded in the outback and uh, uh Australian outback they're a british family that lives in i assume sydney or something like that uh they get stranded for <laughs> interesting reasons so you can get into and then they meet up with, or they're found by a Aboriginal tribes. I was gonna say tribesman, but he's a boy also. He's probably around the girl's age. Going on a walkabout, which I'm gonna put that on the screen now. Uh, I have a clip from, or a screenshot of the opening thing, which says what a walkabout is, which is in Australia when an Aboriginal man child reaches 16. Okay, so I guess he's 16. He's sent out into the land for months. He must live from it, sleep on it, eat of its fruit and flesh, stay alive. Uh, even if it means killing his fellow creatures, the Aborigines call it the walkabout. So that they put that right up top for what that is, um, and then it's basically just them traveling around through. So not unlike nomad land, it's like going place to place this time in the. the Outback, that is the main thing you'd call it, right? The Outback, or is there another? Uh, presumably. Yeah. Um, I've never been there. No, well, me either, but I'd like to one day because it looks very beautiful. Um,
1: I would good. not like to because I'm afraid of snakes and spiders as big as my head. So. Oh, yeah.
0: By speaking of snakes, let me see if I can pull this screenshot real quick. Again, I guess you won't be able to see it unless you jump on Twitch yourself. But where is this one here? Yes, I found it on the first try. So this shot right now is a good shot that I liked a lot of when they fall asleep before they meet up with the, with the, uh, aborigine, they're sleeping under a tree. Do you remember this? And then there's a shot of stars yeah. in the trees above them, which I liked a lot. So yeah, one of my favorite things about this movie is definitely the cinematography and the shots that are set up. And it's very done in a style where there's even some like still shots from time to time. There's a lot of intercutting. There's some intercutting between like what happens in the quote-unquote real world or like the modern world versus what's going on here yeah just there's just some kind of like asides that go into that as well like at one point you're seeing like a some english people or australian white people whatever doing like some balloon tests or whatever that they just see for a scene you also see like a a scene not
1: um, part of the movie
0: it's not part of well it is it i i i think I, i understand why i was there but um
1: they, it, yeah they don't, don't come back sorry yeah. go ahead
0: no um although one of their balloons does to be fair um but yeah oh but so other similarities though with nomad land so i wrote uh yeah or, well real sons acting trekking around the countryside skinny dipping because there's a scene in nomad land like that too yep um uh not understanding others lifestyles so in Nomadland, it's not as strong as in, obviously in Walkabout, but there is like the scene with her talking to her sister when she visits her sister the one time to ostensibly to get money, borrow money, but she the sisters say like not understanding her nomad lifestyle, and it's clear their whole lives, even though they're older women now, they've never completely understood each other, right? Right, right. And I was compar- contrasting that with Walkabout, where it's like very stark the lack of understanding so when that so basically well I, I guess i'll go back to the beginning uh if you haven't seen this movie i really like it a lot i suggest it i think i talked a little bit to you off pod off record but and i i know you are not as uh liking it as much as i am but uh the the grudging respect. grudging respect okay but it's not it's not your thing i get it but like the you, did you like the opening sequence though, or like, are you at least really surprised by it? You know, or um, the father?
1: I mean, it was a, that was a hell of a hook. It was just like, are they ever going like? I'm. It's weird for me to be in a position where I where I have asked several movies in the course of us doing this uh, to stop over explaining things to me. Um, for me to now say, if you're going to open a film with a uh, father checking out his 14-year-old daughter and then trying to shoot her and her brother and blowing himself up in the uh, Volkswagen Beetle that they drove out into the desert.
0: Was it Um, really? I guess it might have been,
1: You need to do something to explain that. Um, And then later in the, like... The movie does enough work thematically... To where you come around to an answer for that question, but it, it was jarring.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, I, that's something I liked about it that they didn't explain that. That they just yeah yeah no. I ended up
1: I ended up liking it. Uh,
0: but basically, yeah, the father. So he, I guess. I mean, there is no explanation for why he completely snapped. But I mean, you, like you said at the end, it kind of show It's it's talk, it, well. What is your read on the ending that you're just alluding to? Like, what? Why did it work for you at the end? Tell me then.
1: So, like, watching this movie, I had several questions. Mm -hmm. One, is this, like, why did this man just try to murder his children and blow up his car? Two, is this just driving Miss Daisy? Three, oh, my God, this is really just going to be driving Miss Daisy. Four, that actress had better be 18, I swear to God, Roman fucking Polanski.
0: She wasn't, but...
1: Jesus fucking Christ, that is criminal. That was gross. Um...
0: See, I don't, I, I can't agree with this, Eric, because I, I really feel like the nudity in this is very, um, it's like, it's like, uh, natural geographic kind of, in my opinion. And, and also, and it is there for a reason, because, like, in the scene that I did mention, um, with, where they have the little aside with the people, the scientists or whatever they are, then the they show the camera leering at that woman like down her shirt you know and like it's showing yep. like the real that how people are in the quote-unquote again real world or modern world like all these guys are leering essentially at this one attractive woman and that's contrasting with just like the aboriginal boy is just walking around essentially naked the whole movie like with a loin cloth whatever it's like a thong basically and then they're swimming naked and like the last shot even in the whole movie itself is like her remembering them doing the skinny dipping or whatever so like I get it like i it it didn't they could have like did it more where they'd not i could see like especially if this movie was made today they probably would have not they would have like cut different angles whatever you're not seeing this 14 15 year old girl naked but I don't like. I, I don't think it was sexualized to me in any way. And I don't think it was. I I do
1: have to disagree. Like I understand, I understand that it wants to be seen as clinical and observational, um. But I do feel like the the, the camera there is a is a like a vessel of lechery, and it made me feel disgusting, watching it. Um, but yeah, we can move on from that. My, my, the, the last question I had before things started to turn around, um, in the last kind of half hour of the movie, uh, was holy shit, how good were the drugs in 1969? Um, which is this movie, I talk a lot about movies being up their own ass and a movie can be up its own ass in a good way and it can be up its own ass in a bad way, but I don't think I've seen, and I know if I've seen, I haven't enjoyed a movie that was up its ass to the extent that... We're getting interstitial, like, like scenes, where in order to explain the point of the movie, we're getting still images and cl- and little clips from like all these different cultures, and here's outer space, and then also it's got like someone doing like the Carl Sagan star stuff speech, like this is a really like everyone in this movie was on LSD while they were making this movie movie. Um, and then it ends up being good because it's like, it, it's, it's central meta- metaphor works and the, the, the writing of the whole thing, the puzzle that ends up getting put together, uh, it comes together. Like it, it is a good movie, but it is a, it, it was a challenge to get to the point where I liked it, uh, to, to get to the point of the movie where they'd done enough work that I ended up liking it.
0: Yeah. So we just have a completely different read on, because to me, it's like, i enjoy the whole film this is the second time i'd seen it i think but um i like from basically from near the beginning i was completely in like i i was enjoying all of the stuff images it's showing and all the stuff i like the dynamic between the all three of the main characters but and the the kids themselves um jenny agater is the name of the girl uh who we were just talking about but uh and she's had like a long career she's a a british actress um i think i think this actually was shown in schools a lot back in the day too and stuff jesus Um, christ so that's what i mean it is like a i think meant to be a well i was i was calling this is like a kind of a coming of age story um for well for both her and the aboriginal uh unfortunately for him is it I think it, it is
1: and, I don't think anyone comes of age.
0: Well how how so how not? How does she not come of age in this? Like
1: well, he dies and I don't think she does any growth.
0: Well, I, I can't agree with that because she clearly does because even at the end she's thinking about back, back to that. Like she she has a better I mean, there's one thing I do like about this movie too, is they don't make it so
1: Which you know there's I love
0: still such a disconnect of like um it it doesn't show it so obviously her i think her under like getting the lessons because even toward then she's still kind of obtuse or like seemingly obtuse but she is getting them i think like it's just a little more subtle in my opinion so like um or, or you might have to read into that i guess but i don't know i i, I think it's i think it counts as a coming of age to me um sure and i was i was calling nomad land maybe like a coming of old age kind of or, you know that character. cute you gotta maybe keep I that one Parker, it yeah. trying to trying to draw parallels but anyway um but no the other thing i wanted to talk about that i was kind of getting into with about, like about back to the not understanding i like i uh i like the setup of they are so basically the the kids would have so their father I mean, it's a good scene, too, like, part of the scene where the kid has, like, a little toy gun. He doesn't understand <laughs> the, uh, yeah. that the father's shooting a real gun at them, and he's, like, saying, bang, you're dead, bang, you're dead. She saves the brother, gets him out of there. Like you said, he kills himself, uh, blows up his car. And there's a good scene at a little bit later where, with, like, other Aborigine people going into the, the blo- like, examining the, blown up car and like the dead body's just in the tree they're ignoring it completely and then but then when they hear the radio they all leave so it's like that's a very funny dichotomy um but yeah just like a whole theme of not understanding each other basically because or what what things you can understand universally and what you can't so uh so the kids are the boy doesn't exactly know what happened like he's can't really comprehend it i guess he, like, kind of sometimes says things like, oh, did our car crash or he doesn't completely understand that really or maybe doesn't have the capacity. He's too young to deal with that trauma that was experienced or didn't, uh, you know, whatever. And the girl uh, the girl is, um, she's, like, kind of in denial, I guess you'd call it. Uh, of like, oh,
1: I don't think she's in denial about what happened. I think she's like lying to him, like you would a, ch- a child in that situation.
0: But I, but she's she's in somewhat denial of herself too. I think because like she's still trying to act normal, right? Like so, a lot of it is for the kids' benefit, but also like she's still they're like for a while they're still wearing all their they're basically in school uniforms right out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're still like being like button up your shirt, button up your jacket. We need to look presentable and all this um oh we're gonna like i think she did think they were gonna i, I know i'm trying to remember specific examples but I, I felt like she was like in somewhat of denial to you but then also an the understanding thing like uh she so when they do meet up with the they basically would have definitely died if they didn't run into this uh kid out on the walkabout right yeah,
1: like, yeah, yeah yeah
0: so like he shows them to get water out of the ground and all this stuff and they go along with him but like that whole scene i really liked of her um asking him for water like she's like she just keeps saying like water i can't say it anymore simply like i we need water (laughs) but she's not doing anything we're english (laughs) yeah and then the kid of course is like does like some hand motion to show the the guy what what they need but uh which is obviously what you would think of to do but that's why i mean she's so like in uh maybe that's not being in denial but it kind of is i think it's like so she can like initially get past that like
1: yeah well she's completely oblivious about like not necessarily maybe how like dire their situation is but like what their situation is
0: right or even like how you can under other like obviously everyone doesn't speak the same language and like you know you can't just be like just saying words slowly or or simple english English words but they don't know anything um right right. and then she says like to the brother like these are the first we're probably the first white people he's ever seen although that's probably not actually the case because they do it's another thing where um like part of the disconnect between so like he can help them literally survive but he doesn't have any he doesn't seem to have any sense of that they actually need to get somewhere or they need to be like led wherever right to like back to their people or whatever you know yeah yeah um which i think is an interesting part of it so like that's the disc so they can understand each other in that way but they don't and then of course there's the misunderstanding at the end which leads to him i guess committing suicide basically where uh i guess he's doing a dance that's some mating ritual or something like that or like some proposal ritual I like, is what i take from it i guess uh really I believe that's what it's supposed to be. Like, that's why he kills himself, I think. Um, Because she rejects him in that way or whatever. It doesn't work out.
1: Um, Okay. Uh, That's interesting. And this is, like, this is one of those movies that, like, I love where, like, it didn't tell you exactly what it was about. And you get to have your own experience with it. And my experience was different from yours. And I'm going to explain how. Okay. (laughs) So when he took them to that house there and he goes out and he's hunting or whatever. Um, and he just wants to kill the one buffalo, the one water buffalo, and like bring them food back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like the the like colonists uh, yeah. come by That's and, the and, the and most start shooting the, the shit movie. out of every water buffalo and just like destroying everything. It, it seems like that. Well, it seems to me like the point of the movie is that like his understanding of like life and his relationship to the world around him is so completely different from what he just observed that like he's done. And so that ritual dance to me wasn't like a meeting ritual or anything. It was like, this is what, this is what I do. This is what my people do before we fucking kill ourselves and hang, hang our bodies in a tree. Um, because people, like, it felt at that point to me, and this is why I ended up loving it about a movie. It It, it felt like the movie was about, the way that empire reacts with the frontier uh, and that, that is to always destroy it. uh, And about how these two different ways of life and the way that you look at the like world that you get to live on um, are completely incompatible. Like one, one sees everything as a resource to be consumed and like just like devoured and the whole world is here for me, like real, real Protestant style. uh, Like,
0: yeah, it's the same as like white people in America like, with Native Americans. Like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, America as opposed to the uh, like frontier way of life, the the um, the the indigenous Australian uh, like boy who is like clearly using the land because like I'm on this land.
0: Yeah, and he's doing the walkabout, which was, is part of it. So yeah, but, yeah. But um, but your general read, I think, is right on the themes and everything. But specifically with why he killed himself, I do think it is is directly from her because he and he was obviously upset seeing like the the colonists or whatever shooting the animals but or confused and everything like that but like i'm pretty sure that dance is supposed to be i might have even looked it up the first time okay watch the movie which is probably why i i'm not saying i definitely intuited this i think i did like look into it a little bit last the original time i watched it but like you can. I was looking at. I was looking at it from that lens on this rewatch, and I, I. did see like, uh, he he is like you can see in his eyes like he wants something from her. He wants like a response from her that he's not getting when he and like he so he keeps doing the dance over and over, like he keeps it going. I don't think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like that's just the dance before you kill yourself. Like I think it, it was the. Da- I think it is the dance of like, um. Yeah, he is thinking that. Uh, she's going to go with it or like be his wife or essentially or whatever they would call it i think that's Um, fair and and then i like that's it usually works
1: under my reading. i'm not i'm not as convinced of the movie's merit uh given given this new information
0: really (laughs) that that downgrades it for you
1: a little bit i don't know i mean like it's it's so thematically coherent in my apparently incorrect allegedly incorrect reading of like his motivations at the end there uh i don't know
0: no like i said i think that is part of it like that's definitely led to his despair but it was more direct i think about about her yeah and she also is kind of like she she knows a little bit more than she's letting on her instinctually i think she knows a little more because like the brothers ask and that's where i'm getting back to like the disconnect that they have which causes these situations it's like the she says something almost like he might Cause he had like walked in on her like changing too or whatever, and then she's kind of like, oh, you covering herself, and obviously before they're naked together, skinny dipping, like we talked about. So like, I think she was realizing that he had more. He was looking for something else at this point, mm-hmm. and she even said like he might do that, and she kind of cuts off and doesn't like finish the sentence and kind of changes it around. But I think she was gonna say he's gonna try to you know get with me or whatever so to speak, and then like she's. Telling the brother later, like, oh, that's the... He was just saying goodbye to us, like, before they found the body, obviously. That's what the dance meant last night. He was saying goodbye. But I, I was getting the reading from that that she kind of knew that wasn't exactly what it meant. And she's just... Interesting, okay. ...saying that. Um, or she wants to tell herself that's what it is. But she kind of, well, I, I was getting another was level horny. of, like, she something else. Yeah.
1: Going on. yeah. Yeah, for a movie that's horny, it does make a little sense. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But like I said, I I I, I'll, I don't know if I want to die on this hill, but I I do feel like the the the, the underage nudity was tasteful to a degree. Um,
1: I man, hard disagree.
0: <laughs> all right. I mean, I I don't know. Uh it's yeah, it is what it is. All right. Uh like it it wasn't I I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a situation of a actress being like taken advantage of or something like that um
1: i mean i hope so uh, not, but, I mean, I hope not. yeah what'd you say oh i just mean i i hope that that is not the case
0: yeah but uh but yeah this director nicholas Trug, this is one of his first films i believe i think he had one one or two earlier than this but he's a director i've been getting interested in in recent years um and he had uh, he just died in the past couple of years too i believe but um he has a lot he has a lot of good a lot of good films. Um, I would recommend uh, "The Man Who Fell to Earth" with David Bowie uh, from a few years after this, where Bowie plays an alien, <laughs> which is what obviously good <laughs> casting. Uh, so that's that's a rogue one to check out. That's that's very good, I think. Um, and uh, "Don't Look Now" is another good film. That's kind of more in the horror psychological horror vein a little bit with a. Uh, with uh uh, what's my man's name donald sutherland also from the 70s um mick jaggers in the movie he did before this or the one movie i know that he came out before this which is a movie called performance that's that's not too bad um uh yeah so i think this guy's an interesting director um all his films aren't like this necessarily but uh they do have some similarities. Of, like he, de- he definitely likes showing the scenery and like um, the.
1: Sure, uh, great or, shots. If you're a shot person. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, and there's yeah. I'm gonna try. I put, got a couple more screenshots. I'm gonna throw those up here. Oh, wait. that's the snake one again. Um, yeah, he likes to do a style of storytelling. That's a, that's not. Uh, sometimes non-linear. Not in... this film was linear, but uh the, the david boy one's fairly non-linear and some other ones i've seen from him, yeah and it doesn't always like uh a lot of the work of his films is done with the visuals or with yeah the the shots um rather than being uh directly stated in dialogue and things like that um yeah but uh the screen the image i have now is from the beginning of her uh, holding the brother on her back and he's like leaning back over he's like falling over basically when they're still showing over all their uniforms and stuff yeah i thought i like i said i, I said it a couple times but I, I think that her and the director's son had good chemistry as brother and sister it, it felt realistic to me um, yeah yeah i didn't have any qualms um, with that. english children um proper you know prim and proper english school children um, and the, the actor is very good too, the aboriginal actor, whose name is David, David something, I think. I feel like I've seen this guy as more grown up in, in some other Australian films. I'm not sure if he still acts, but some other ones from like the eighties and nineties. So this, really? one, this, this wouldn't qualify, uh, as this genre, but, uh, there is, like, a whole genre that started in maybe the late 70s into the 80s called Ozploitation. Um, so, you know, like, exploitation films, sexploitation, black exploitation. It's, like, the Australian equivalent of that. So very, simple, yeah, very sleazy yeah. films, but uh, – or, like, some very over-the-top ones. But I think I've seen – Odd Boys Productions. Also. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was, that's Walkabout – like I said, I, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, but, you know, your mileage may vary, I guess. Um, depending on what, what type of films you like. Uh, yeah, did you want to say anything else about it or Back to Nomadland at all? Or...
1: Uh, I think I got everything out there.
0: All right. We'll have to think about what we want to tackle next month. I'm not sure. Uh, should we throw up a... I'm gonna see if uh, there's um, anything on the docket or on the radar, rather. Any movies coming out?
1: Conjuring Three's coming out. I don't know when.
0: (laughs) That wouldn't that probably be more around Halloween times, or they don't really care about that anymore.
1: Um, good question. Uh, I think, I mean, it was supposed to come out last Halloween, so I think they probably won it out before this Halloween.
0: Yeah, like everything else, it's, but, is it still, uh, Vera, Formiga, and Patrick Wilson uh, starring?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's them? not, it's not gonna be a haunted house movie this time, it's about the case no. where the guy's literal defense was, the devil made me do it.
0: Hmm. Is it gonna be a time skip, and, like, they're gonna be playing older, the couple's older? Ah, uh, uh,
1: good question, man. <laughs> oh, <I didn't>. Wouldn't, <laughs> be Wouldn't be surprised I don't know. if they
0: went that direction. Uh, I don't think I ever saw the second one yet. I'd watched like Oh, you got
1: the uh, second one. It's as it's nearly as good as the first.
0: Yeah, uh maybe I did actually. I, I'm trying to remember now. Did did I watch it? Because it, that was that happened uh as part of like we pick movies for each other to watch, right? uh, uh
1: no! Oh no! I That's watched the you just watched the, the, the Conjuring.
0: So I just watched it. So maybe I didn't. And it was like, did they have a, did the family have like a four daughters or something like that in that one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one I watched. I don't think I saw the second one. Um. Yeah. But, uh, well, so let's say uh, just as a thought experiment, let's say that was the, we do that movie eventually. What would, what would you pair that with for an older class you know, classic for an episode?
1: What would I pair the Conjuring 3 with?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll um, say it has to be pre
1: nineteen ninety. Oh, so so thirteen Ghosts is out. Um, hmm.
0: Pre pre well, your birth, you, let's say, which is around nineteen ninety, right?
1: Yeah, no, precisely nineteen ninety. Okay. Um, would we? I mean, we wouldn't just do Exorcist.
0: I mean, we we certainly could. That would certainly qualify. Um, maybe there's one that's not. I, the way i would like to do it probably is like one that's not as you know known as the exorcist but is still considered a classic or maybe a cult classic of a similar vein something like that
1: like a tangential connection yeah 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 mm-hmm.
0: but uh but also we can watch you know this i the last two uh episodes we did this one and the last one were one were classics i'd seen already but doesn't mean we can't um pick one that's older that people consider called classic or classic that you know we could both watch for the first time as well too i just thought i'd ask you since you that's your you know that's your bag that's your genre but i guess you're not as into the uh
1: i don't uh, yeah i've watched a lot of like classic horror movies um
0: yeah oh we can do
1: this exercise yeah.
0: yeah there was the film i was talking to you about i don't know i think i I think I did talk to you about this on one of the podcasts, but I don't remember for sure. It might have been off mic, but there was one I'd watched maybe a year ago that was also based on what The Haunting of Hill House is based on, um, a movie from the early '60s. What was that one called?
1: Uh, that one might just be called The Haunting. Yeah, we talked about that. It
0: might just be The Haunting. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean that could be a possibility too. Um, but yeah, yeah looking we'll at uh. We've got Coming to America coming out in March. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. We do. Godzilla versus Kong. I'm good on that. Uh, oh, the the, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. I'm, I think I'm going to be good on that. I haven't seen the the non-Snyder cut, but we've got, uh, something called Boogie. What, they made a movie about Boogie Cousins? No, must be something else, I guess. Um, uh, Something called Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm assuming that's some type of animated film. Yeah. Well, Disney that seems Pictures to the children. Yeah. You know. Animation. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh. Maybe there's gonna be something else because, like, Nomadland technically is a 2020 film and technically was released in 2020, even though it's really just getting a wider release on onto streaming now. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, there's yeah, gonna be something to in that. vein. we'll look into it. But yeah, that that's that should about do it for this. Stream this podcast of, of Movies Are Relevant. I think we've done it once again. E-Nam. Young, uh... Young, uh... Young Cuba. Young Cuba out here in the Brooklyn streets. That's me. That's right, that's right. Yeah, is there, uh, is there anything you want to, uh... Any notes you want to leave on here?
1: Um cast actresses who are above the age of 18 if you want to have them nude in your fucking movie you fucking creeps um yeah that, that would be my only note for, for for the audience
0: yeah all right well that's probably i think i think like i said in this day and age probably i think you're probably gonna mostly get your wish there young kuba so you can look forward to that uh, but yeah in the meantime everyone go out and watch more films That's my mission for you. And uh, see you uh, next time again. Go Brooklyn Rebound Network is where the podcast audio versions will be found. And check out some other stuff there, too. Uh, But until next time, we'll be up out of here. Peace. Productions.